Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to After Law, broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin. Except no substitute. Hello dear listeners, welcome to my favourite shows that I do on this Achtung Millwall work of art that I produce. The Listed Lions, joining me today is a, a, a volunteer, he, uh, he emailed me wanting to come on the show, it is great to have you on the show, Charlie <laughs> Kelly, a willing victim, how are you mate? Thank you Nick, thanks for having me, Just looking forward to this. Yeah, um, we were just saying off air listeners about some of the best and some of the worst um, listed line um, interviews we've done. Um, I always my, my personal bar, Charlie's, we get past two minutes. That's been the low point of my uh, yeah. listed line career. So two minutes is your target to beat. Um, we should do it by talking about that wonderful result at Bo- on Boxing Day at Watford. Um, I was thinking about this because a few people have made the same point. I'm trying to think back to a, a, as good a performance away from home uh, by Mill side. I, I mean, I'm going back to the Nor- the Nottingham Forest game, I suppose, in March 2020, just prior to COVID. Other than that, it's hard to think of many that were better in terms of all-round performance. I've, and it's really set us fair in the table now. I mean, hope is always your your enemy at the den, mate, isn't it? But it's that was a cracking show on, on Boxing Day. No, yeah, definitely. Um, probably the best away performance post-COVID, I'd have to say. I can't, I'd have to agree with the Nottingham Forest game. I was at that game, the Forest game. and Yeah. yeah I just I just think we would be just battered them yesterday. They couldn't Controlled handle, it. Oh, Controlled it. Yeah. Um, they just, couldn't handle our press. Our possess- I thought we kept the ball really well, which I was very surprised with yesterday because this season, I think our ball retention has not been the best. This season, I thought when we had the ball, we kept it well. Yeah, I, I thought agree. Billy and Savile done really well in the midfield yesterday, well, and I couldn't name you one bad player. No, no, I, I agree. I mean, B- Billy, I will come back to in a moment. I'm just looking at the um, the news online, London news online. Um, you know, stories of the day. I've got the various articles on there, and they mentioned Billy was praising. Vogel Sammer and the the star of the show is Ian Fleming, obviously. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I I like I like Andreas Vogel Sammer. I've liked him ever since he's come into the side, and it was just great to see him open his account um, on Boxing Day. Um, nicely taken goal. He's been really unlucky since he's come into the side, and it's just great to see a bit of luck yeah. through his way, wasn't it? Nice finish. He's had a few chances, hasn't he, down the den, and just hasn't connected or keepers made a great save. But he definitely deserved that yesterday. 
I don't think he's a natural winger. I mean, we've been we're playing him kind no. of on the right side of the full of the forward three, aren't we? But he, yeah, I don't. He was I, mean, I think he, he was a striker, proper full-on centre forward out there. You know. Yeah, he was brought into play in that three up front system Rowett wanted to use, but I think he's doing a job for us at the moment on the wing. But it'd be he's nice to see job. him up front in the natural position. I can't think he other things played there this season, if my memory serves me correctly. I'd say what strikes me as well, I mean, he's, he's not, he's not, hasn't got the repertoire of conventional winger skills. I mean, you compare him, say, with Tyler Bury, who goes past men and did go past men uh, at Watford with ease, like a knife through butter. Um, I think Vogel Sammer is, despite his kind of heavyweight um, appearance, he's a great cross of the ball. He whips balls in with some accuracy. And I think that's what we've missed for a long while, that, that ability to get a decent cross into the danger area. Um, and obviously, he scored the goal, which mm. is... Um, Problem you know, is, he should be the one on the other end. <laughs> well, this is true. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, just I mean, just going back to the performance, I'll I, I make you right, because, you know, I don't like criticising Murray Wallace, but he's not been on form for some, some games. But, he, again, like so many others, it's like suddenly no. the, 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 the clockwork machinery clicked and it started to work. And that was a performance and a half. Um, our enemy at the den, Charlie, is hope because now we've got a, a weight of expectation against Bristol City and Rotherham, haven't we? Because uh, we've got to yeah. do it again, you know, and, and consistency has been the problem, but that's what's going to carry us forwards here. So we've got, we've got to put away sides like Bristol, like Rotherham. We've got two games in swift succession Thursday night, I think, Sunday. And that's what we've got to do. So we've not, we've, we've promised a lot on, on occasions this season, haven't we, mate? And you know, it's we've got to deliver now. Yeah. Big half of the season to go. I have to think when we we beat Preston four two, and I'm thinking, okay, we can go on a run here. And the game we come back against Sunderland, you lose three nil. So it's yeah. very Jekyll and Hyde our team at the moment. And these are the games Bristol and Rotherham that we would normally struggle in as well after a good away performance at home. Absolutely, well, I don't think. I'd also point listeners in the direction of the of the Preston when we were all raving about winning four two at Preston, but you know th- there was a niggling sense that we did give up a two goal lead there, and we started to look a bit flakier. At, you know, at, at points we we made the comeback, and that's 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 to be acknowledged. Um, but we've, we've what was really striking. Um, I mean, you could say that Watford were poor, but that's an expensively assembled side there, Charlie, and we 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 made them look like um, you know. Ishmian League side, you know, in, in terms of their their, their, their fight yeah. and, and um, spirit, they, they, they weren't there. So um, we need more of that going forward. Consistency is going to be the key to the season. Um, also, uh, I presume that we'll make some moves in the transfer market, in the loan market, possibly during January. Where would you where would you strengthen if you had a, a not an unlimited budget? We don't have that down the end, do we? But if you had a, a Millwall budget, <laughs> where would you where, where would you be looking to strengthen the side? I think we're definitely crying out for a winger who can, who's like a Tyler Bury, can take a man mm. on, but just has that final product consistently. There's, I, I think if we had a, I hate to say it, but a Jed Wallace type player in this team, <laughs> I, I, could, I couldn't name you a weakness. It's just that, it's just that right, as good as Vogel's doing at the moment, he's not a natural winger. No, he's someone not. on that right side who could just put balls in. Because Tom Bradshaw and T.M. Fleming will just attack them all day long. And I just think a winger, if we get a pacey, good crosser of ball, 
I don't I don't think we're too far off achieving our no, goals this season, to be honest. I agree. Um, I mean, the the industry and the work rate of Tom Bradshaw up front is something to behold. I mean, you, you could go through the whole side on, on Boxing Day, but I, I think he's because he's you know he's he had a, a, a hat trick, but his finishing has always been so so. Um, but he makes up for that more than makes up for it with his with his work rate. I mean, yeah. start to finish. I mean, I don't know where he gets his energy from. He must be immensely fit as a as, as a you know as a professional athlete to, to do that for ninety minutes. Um, mm, but I make you right his own it, as well. on his own. Um, but I make you right because I think Tyler needs a little bit of competition. I think maybe even Bogey needs a bit of competition just to keep uh, keep standards high. You know. It's going to be an interesting month, January. Um, starting, don't quite start with with Bristol. That's just at the end of this year. But um, it's going to be interesting to see how it works out. Um, are you hopeful for the mm. season? I know that no no Millwall fans should ever get too hopeful, but you, I think we've got a big opportunity on our hands, Charlie. It is the hope that kills you. I think we get. I think we've done it in reverse this season. We normally start slow. Yeah. After Christmas, we pick up and we have this run to try and get into the playoffs. But, I mean, we're going into the new year and we're in it at the moment, I think, looking yesterday. Yeah. So, hopefully, this is this will be our season that we actually finally get into the top six places. I, th- I, think, I think if we just had, if Raul had signed for this formation in the summer, we, we would be comfortably in the playoffs, in my opinion. But it's going to be it's going to be a tight one because it's so tightly. I think I looked yesterday. There's five points between us and seventeenth or something like yeah. that. I was just looking at the the league table. Um, we're on thirty five in sixth spot, obviously as as we speak. And then you can go down to Swansea in sixteenth position on thirty two, just three points behind us. You know, it's yeah, it's such a strange division, very very tight. So yeah, I mean you can't take it for granted. We've got to be. Consistent. Well, we've got to start finding consistency. Yeah, I, I think a major, major opportunity on our hands. Um, I was just looking at another table. We're just going back the comparison with last season. I mean, we were thirteenth. This is from um, Chris Chaps, that Mill podcast. Uh, Chris Chaps, thirteenth um, position at the same stage last season. This season we are six. So last year we had. Uh, don't say how many points on this screenshot I've got here. So anyway, it's it we're markedly better, um, and we're starting to feel markedly an improved side despite the loss of Jed Wallace, which I think is quite interesting because we we did rather depend on Jed, didn't we? Um, we traditionally, did. whereas it doesn't quite feel as much that we're so. I mean, maybe Zian is the <laughs> is the new soul, um, so, you know, soul reliance that we're on now. But uh, yeah. Let's do our listed line. Um, Charlie's has contacted me. Want to be a listed line? It's always great to have new voices online. Thank you for coming on, Charlie. Um, we know your name, so I'm going to have to change these questions, listeners. Um, first one is your name, but I know it already. What was your first Millwall game, Charlie? What do you remember of your first ever trip to the den, to the Halcyon uh, ground? Of, well, be the new den. Quite a big it? game, to be fair. My yeah, well, my first Millwall game was the FA Cup final. In two thousand four, wow, that's not bad. Only first I ever game, listen. yeah. Wow. No, so growing up, my everyone in my family supports different teams. So my dad's a Palace fan, fortunately. My mum's an <laughs> Did Arsenal that work fan. Out? <laughs> my uncle is a Spurs fan. Right. <laughs> well, apparently there's a picture of me as a one-year-old in a Palace kit somewhere. So I need to find that and burn it straight away. <laughs> 
there's a there's um, a movie there's a movie in that family <laughs> Christmas dinner Christmas dinner there's a movie in that or an episode or something. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Um, my uncle, who was a mere wolf fan, really got to me first. I'll be right. honest. Um, so my I I, mem- I remember it to be honest. The FA Cup final day, we left at seven in the morning. I yeah. think drove all the way down to Cardiff. Yeah. Because as a kid, I'm thinking, oh, we're going to Wembley, but. Obviously, that was the year that we was um, changed to Millennium, I think, for a period of time. Yeah. So I was like, why are we leaving at seven to go to Wembley, Uncle? And he was like, we're going to Cardiff. I was like, oh, God. How old were you? How old were you when, when, at that point, Charlie? I would have been nine years old. Nine. Okay. That's not a bad start. On that day, yeah. So, the I mean, idea that Mill would ever get to a cup no. final was so remote I mean, I, for me when I started going. As to, I can't tell you how far, how far out your radar it was, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I remember the game. Do you know what? I remember going very well. I know we lost 3-0, but the biggest thing around me was um, Danny Dicchio being injured. Yeah. And if he was playing, we would have had more of a chance. And everyone was just down there just for the day, really. Yeah. My uncle tells me that everyone's cup final, they say, is the semi-final up in Manchester. Sunderland? Sunderland, Old Trafford. Yeah, we were carrying injuries, DKO. Uh, Muscat was out as well. He'd, he'd injured himself in the semi-final. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, it is a shame. I think I think the plan, Dennis Wise's plan, was to keep it tight and get through to half-time. It nearly worked, in a sense, because I remember those... Did, yeah. uh, I, I remember saying to... Uh, my my ex partner's son, who I took there, I said, I said, I'll tell you what, James, if we can get through to half time here, we got half a chance in the second half, um, and then I think Ronaldo scored. Mm. <laughs> As I said that, so that was that really. Once once we went behind, we were never going to come back, were we? No, I, I don't really remember us having an attack of note, to be honest, from that game. But I just remember walking out and just it was just a sea of blue. Yeah, and I was and I was hooked. And I was like, yeah, this this is this is the club I want to support. From that moment onwards, you were sold on it, mate. Um, what about your first trip to the new den? It was den? a downhill you... struggle from there. But... <laughs> it's really, it would have been. Yeah, would have, you you came in just at the, I suppose you had the <laughs> European thing, didn't you, the, in, in 2005. But it was a bit downhill after that for a few years. When was your first trip to the, the, the den? Do you mm. remember that? The first game at the den? I do. It was um, a Crystal Palace game in 2005, mm. I believe. Wow. Yeah. And the funny story of that is that my dad took me to that game and we sat in the home end. And I, I think, I'm trying to remember today, I couldn't find it online, but I think Palace scored and my right. dad's gone to celebrate and we're at the of block room. But <laughs> I just remember as a young kid being, please don't celebrate, please don't celebrate. <laughs> and I don't think I, he didn't. Thankfully, and I think, I think we drew the game one-one in the end. But that was my first game down the den. It was a night game under the lights, and I didn't go for a few years after that. To be yeah. honest, just with school and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then from then, I think my first proper season was our promotion season up in two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten. Well, that's not bad. I would go yeah. down more regularly as a proper one. Yeah, yeah. I think it's difficult as a kid. Obviously, you don't control your life as a kid. You have no money, so you can't go to football. So the modern game is very different to when I started going back in uh, Charles Dickens's time, in my case. You know, nowadays kids have to go with parents. <laughs> they wouldn't let you in. They would, they would let us in back in those days, but um, it's a bit different. No. Really. Um, but that's not a bad season, 2009 10 to, You've got two good uh, fixtures there, Crystal Palace and a Cup final, mate. That's, 
That's a pretty good start to your Millwall career, I've got to say. Um, That's good. <laughs> I'm, I'm just looking at my questions, listeners. I normally include, did you go to Cold Blow Lane? No, you didn't go to Cold Blow Lane because you're not you're not old enough. No, I was um, born after that was. Yeah, yeah. That's, that eliminates my third question of my, my list. This is why I've got to change my questions, listeners. Um, I was asked, do, do, you like, do you like the new den? I mean, it's a bit of an obvious question as fans. I, I really do like our ground and I've been to quite a few. I've been to the old den been a few away games but it's interesting to get a younger person's view on it because i think our ground the atmosphere that we get there is immense and we take it so much for granted you know listening to that um boxing day fixture i watched it on on the on stream but you know apart from our fans it would have been a library there and this is this is uh, i was watching another one last night who was it It was um bolton wanderers were at home i just happened to put it on but it, was, it had that kind of um no, in a leisure centre, when you, you go in, you've got like a big echoey kind of space and you, you can yeah. hear individual shouts. You had that kind of feeling there. And we we take our atmosphere and our, you know, what we call a quiet match is, is really quite quite an atmosphere compared with many other many other clubs. Um, I mean, I just wonder what your, your, your take on it was. I mean, do you like the new Dennis, the question? I mean, I, I do. Do you? I mean, obviously, it's it's our home ground, and it is my favourite ground. Just plainly, it's just unique. The sound you get there, the atmosphere you get there. I've I've been to a, a few grounds myself, and you just, yeah. you just don't get it anywhere else with us. I mean, ten thousand of us could sound like I don't know thirty thousand in another stadium. It's not I how agree. much you have; it's the, the the vocalness of the fans that go to the games and. I mean, if, if this, this is the problem with some managers we've had, they've not brought us into play, the fans sometimes. Yeah, and when the right, den is yeah. flat as well. Yeah, I think it can it can be a hindrance to our players as well. So I I, I honestly think we bring the players into play with our with our atmosphere, and I, I love it. I love our ground. I can't think of a better ground to go to, to be honest. I mean, there's, there's been this thing, and certain players. Um, I suppose I'm thinking of Lewis Graben. I don't know why he leaps into my mind, but there've been others too over over time. I think you either sink or swim at the den, Charlie. And the atmosphere—it's a strange thing. I think I think there's a there's a point to be had that is it's a great boost for some players. Others find it a burden, don't they? And they, you know, almost they, they almost freeze because with the support comes a pretty relentless honesty as to your performance. If you're not playing well, uh, the Millwall crowd will tell you, won't they? You know, you'll you'll be put yeah. straight quite fast if your attitude's not right. No, I definitely agree. I've I've seen loads of players come to the den thinking they're the big Billy really Big Bollocks, and yeah. unfortunately they crumble. Um, Lewis Graben is one of them, but then again, some players they relish it. They play better for an away team with our atmosphere. Some so. rise to it, yeah. Some rise yeah. to it. Some, I mean, a player that just talking about Crystal Palace at the start of our conversation. I, I do remember. I don't think it was the game that you mentioned. It was been another one. Um, Crystal Palace. I think Clinton Morrison was playing for them, and he totally went to pieces because obviously the barracking and the uh, the, the, the kind of the uh, the abuse and so on is, was relentless because he's a he was their main threat, which is always is a backhanded compliment to it, isn't there? That <laughs> you don't do it to a player; it doesn't matter, do you? Um, yeah, <laughs> and he just lost the plot. You know, I mean, a bit like the boy on at, at Vicarage Road, who, who you know was was. Um, also lost his lost his discipline. It's it's interesting as to who does lose it and who doesn't. So it's often players you don't you think will love it don't, and those that don't, you think won't do. It's yeah. 
I think we've Go had in. two examples this season with players coming back. You've got Marlon Romeo, who absolutely crumbled with the yeah. atmosphere. Yeah. And to a certain point, I think when Jed Wallace came back, he relished it until he'd done what he'd done. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, lost the plot completely. I mean, he was... <laughs> He was it was a strange one with Jed because he was a hero at the den and then decided he would leave chasing after more money. He went to West Brom and you know then one or two. I think he mishandled the intro to it and he mishandled the day itself. But I think also to be on the receiving end of it, I, I mean, I wouldn't fancy it, would you? Going going into no, it, you've got ten thousand Millwall fans <laughs> <laughs> pointing out your every error and every every misdemeanor, you know. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's interesting, and I would have thought we could have handled it because he would have known at least what to expect. But there we are. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Achtung. Mailball. Let's move along through our list here. Your favourite all-time player. So we're, we're dating from 2004 onwards here, Charlie. Who would you pick out as your personal favourite ever Mill player? This was a bit of a struggle for me because there are a few. I mean, mm. I've got an honourable mention for Steve Morrison just because yep. I remember when he first come to us in that first half of the season, I don't think he scored many goals for us. No, yeah, I'm thinking if we got here from non-league, and then after that, he just kicked on for 18 months, and he was probably our best player. And yeah. when he, he came back on loan one season, I can't remember which under low mass. He's had, he had a few spells, didn't he? Got a goal yeah. scorer back, and yeah, yeah I think he had three overall. And then when we signed him, when we were back in League One, I was like, this this is a statement of intent here because by all accounts, he wasn't a League One player, Steve Morrison. He was a Championship player, yeah. But, my favourite player of all time was Sean Williams. Sean Williams? Wow. Okay. That's an yeah. unusual choice. I, do you know what? Because like I'm, I didn't watch, I know, I <laughs> I get slated for it a lot when I say it. <laughs> but I think when he when he joined us, <laughs> the one when he, when he joined us, I think he was under Holloway and Holloway was playing him left back and centre back and everything. 
And then I think when we got relegated, I, I think he was a mainstay in our team and he made us better when he played. And I just loved the way he played. He was so calm on the ball, yeah. great set pieces, energy, loved the club. Um, and when he left, I was really gutted when he left. But it's, it's a weird one. Um, I'm, I didn't see Tim Cahill enough, unfortunately. Yeah. And I didn't see Neil Harris enough, to be honest. I saw the tail end of his career. But yeah, for me, Sean Williams. That's a great choice. I like that. I, I like unusual choices. Um, I, I mean, I think the thing with, with Sean Williams, I think that um, he, he actually follows me. I, I, there's always a bit of a buzz when someone in your own world is, who's famous follows you on Twitter. It's, it's a strange thrill oh, yeah. that you get. But yeah, um, and I, I think he, his, his love for the club is evident. You know, I think that that's a big hook, uh, Charlie, isn't it? When, when someone clearly thinks the world of a club and, you know, I think in Sean's case, he, he still does. Although he's, I think he's playing for Gillingham at the moment, which is, um, it's got to be a tough yeah. gig down there, isn't it? You know, um, not too well. No, no, they're not. That's a, uh, under Neil Harris, that's a different, different story, of course. But that's a good choice. I like Sean mm. Williams, favourite all time. But for every favourite, Charlie, there must be the other side of the coin. For every, yeah. every stake, it has to have its kidney. What is the, who is not what is who is the worst Millwall player you've seen in your what's that about short of twenty years on it? So you got um, yeah um, you, haven't, you haven't got the full array there, but you got you got a good few. We've had a few few uh, duds in that time. So who would you pick out as your worst? If that's not too unfair. Every good signing we have, we have a terrible <laughs> signing, don't we? Um, I mean, one I'm I wouldn't say worst, but disappointed was Connor Mahoney. Yes. <laughs> when he first joined, I was like, yes, this is the player we needed who can cross a ball, take a man on. I remember his first game against Preston. I think he set Jed up for a goal, and I'm thinking, that's it. I thought we, we've we, done we, it now. Perfect. We'd signed an artist, a Picasso, to send him <laughs> out there. I used to always know? big him up and like, to my friends, oh, he's amazing, he's going to do well, and he'd come in, <laughs> and he'd score a goal against Luton, and you wouldn't see him again. <laughs> <laughs> so I think... I think not worse, but my disappointing player was him. But my worst player of all time, I can't think of anyone else than Justin Hoylett. <laughs> yeah, I, I looked at today. I hadn't thought of that name. That's a name I hadn't thought of for in a eight... while. They brought him out no, to my memory. Up for 18 months. <laughs> I could not believe it when I saw that. And he, uh, he was just rubbish. I, it was during that period where. I think Jacket was signing players or someone was signing players to get rid of Alan Dunn. And Alan <laughs> Dunn would always come back and show them why he's better than them. It was, I think there was a, like a year period where all these right-backs would come in and they just weren't good. And he just sticks out in my mind because I used to sit on the halfway line in the Dockers lower. So you'd be right yeah. eye line with him. And he was just rubbish. Could pass the ball, could cross a ball, could run. <laughs> There's been so many, though, Charlie. I, mean, I don't know why. I, I don't know who I was expecting, but I always have the vision of Danny and Gesson in my mind when I, when I do ask that question. There's another one. It's like a wage oh, fee. about him. <laughs> and there's been so many. Um, you know, and, and, and there we are. I think it's always an individual. And there are, there are a panoply of, of players you can pick out. I don't know why. we. I think we, we get managers that go into desperation zones, and Jacket did, and Holloway spent his old management year in the desperation of signing anyone. I sometimes wonder if you're walking past going on the, getting yeah. on the bus at the Ilderton Road that you could get a contract, just walk in, <laughs> you'll have a go. You know, um, that's a good choice. Though. I like that. 
Um, your most memorable match, would you, which would you pick out in your... Um, it's about 17 years of, of fan, isn't it, roughly? 18 years, perhaps. Your best, most memorable so match. I've got, so I've got two. Okay. Like, I couldn't separate these two. So my first one is the Forest Away 3-0 win with the Matt Smith hat-trick. Great performance. Just, just plainly because after that game, I thought we're, we're going up. There was no stopping us. It was the feeling that we had after that game, leaving it that took, ground. And they, it took a they pandemic. Too bad, team. <laughs> Conveniently. It took a pandemic and draconian law from the government to stop us. <laughs> oh, dear. I just remember that. I remember, I remember when Jason Malumbi thought he scored and he'd done that silly dance in the corner. <laughs> and then you see it back on, I think, the screen there. You sit back on the screen, you're like, this is amazing. Because we never win 3 0 away or route teams like that. So, but my, the, the one that pips it is the Leeds away game when we first came back up in 2018. Oh, I think it was. The 4 3 win up there? Yeah, 4 3. Yeah. I went through the whole range of emotions that day. I think we were 2 0 up, then went 3 2 down, and I told my yeah. mate Fred, I'm never going to the away game again. I'm done. I don't think I won the away game but at that point. I was like, I'm done. I'm not going. Let's get out of here. And I think, of all people, Tom Elliott chests the ball and volleys it Tom in. Yes. I'm thinking, oh, my God. And he took it really nicely. He took it really then, well. Yeah. He, he did. I remember, I remember. I was right in front of it, and he's chested it and just volleyed it in. I'm like, oh, my God. Where does that come from? And then Jeb Wallace goes and scores and you're just, just pandemonium. I think we were stuck in that ground for a good half hour after that game. That's right. It was just a, I think that, and also that was the first, that was my first Leeds away game because that was the first year they got rid of the stupid voucher thing that they yeah, were doing. Previously, you, you had to check that. in at a, a kind of high security service station on the M1 <laughs> to yeah. get a voucher to get your ticket. <laughs> um, only, only at Millwall did you get this. That, that was a great... That's actually. Look, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was up there for that game and I've met up with Harry up there, actually. And, you know, because you go into these games not really expecting uh, a classic like that, but um, it's one of my favourite episodes of, of, of doing Akhtung Millwall, actually, because the, the kind of crazed end scenes, like you say, that, that equaliser by Tom Elliott, the most unlikely of figures to, to play a part in one of your favourite ever games, which is one of mine, is it? certainly in the in the category of it. And then, uh, obviously, the uh, the hero stroke villain, now Jed Wallace, to, to complete the win. Um, wonderful, wonderful day. I think I think the um, the Forest game was, that's probably, I mean, we were just talking off air, weren't we, about great performances, um, obviously including the Watford mm. game, but that would have to be another one because it was such a complete performance. Also, the Forest game marked the kind of high point of, probably marked the high point of Matt Smith and marked the high point of Jason Malumbi as well because neither, Matt Smith was always a threat. Maybe they, he had a last-minute winner against Charlton, I seem to remember. But um, it was just like a beer, it was like it was like a high watermark for that particular team and then Gary Rowett at that point. And then, of course... In came the, uh, the the pandemic, and that's the end of that little run, wasn't it? Indeed. <laughs> there we are. Um, this is a quick. I'm mean, always. I, I keep offering to change these questions, listeners, and you're going to get bored of me saying this. Well, I might change this one, but anyway, we're going to go with your favourite Millwall moment. Would that whether that's the same as the two games you've just mentioned, or not, Charlie? I don't know. But do you have a, a separate Millwall moment that you would pick out? 
from your your career? So it's actually a different one. Okay. So it was Robertson's winner against Swindon at Wembley in 2010. Okay. moment for me. Because I remember the game, we were sitting right up high at Wembley. I remember the game thinking, we're not playing well here. No. I don't know what's going to happen. And we just get a corner and he just pokes it in. And I thought, we're not losing this game now. We're we're, we're going up. And as a a moment, because I think if we didn't go up that year, like like with Harris later on in League One, I don't know what would have become of us because we had a very good team. Because we didn't make much signings the season after, if I remember correctly. We went up with the same team. So I think, for a I think moment, you're right. Yeah, that's a that's a good moment. I mean we nearly did we nearly did well, we nearly did equalise, didn't they, with that bobble at the end of the game. I think it was Charlie, Charlie Austin, yeah. Austin was put through and somehow I think that it hit a divot or something, the ball, and it just bubbled wide. Um, but these are the these are the moments that turn. I mean, I think it's that's it's a good choice actually, Charlie, because that was the intention of the question in a way. Because if you look at where Swindon are now, I think they are. I don't know where they're doing. They're in League Two. Um, and you know the contrast. I'm just thinking back to when we played Scunthorpe in the, um, you know, the playoff final. It beat us in, in 2009. Um, but yeah. they're now looking, I think they're in non-league, aren't they? And I think they're struggling in non-league. So it's just interesting mm. how these these moments control great things because, you know, the tangents that they go off at, we uh, we may have been in the same boat, I don't know. So like Lady Luck was smiled as on us that day. That's a good choice. Paul Robinson's goal at Wembley, that was a great... <laughs> I must admit it was it was an odd game because we, we, you're right. We I didn't feel that we were playing brilliantly that day. Um, but I, I suppose the 2017 one was e- equally a, a, a was pretty tight game, and then obviously the late late goal for Steve Morrison, who we've mentioned already. Looking through the current squad, Charlie, who would be your favourite? And you mustn't say Zian Fleming. <laughs> <laughs> but you can he's say him if you, he's, you can he's say getting him. there. He's getting there. Who's my favourite. Well, my favourite at the moment, a bit of a controversial one with some people, but it's Billy Mitchell. I yeah, think this season yeah. he's just come leaps and bounds to what he was last season. I mean, we, we, we in my block we called him backwards Billy for a period because <laughs> all he seemed to do was get the ball back to Cooper, Hutch, or Murray Wallace, whoever it was. And this season, I feel like he's got more confident. He's turned in. He's, I mean, there was a ball at Preston that he's played to Danny Mack for one of our goals, and he's just like, this is what this kid can do. Yeah, and I, I I could see him being in our central midfield for a long, long time. I just, he just works hard. He's got everything, really, in my opinion. I think he's. I mean, I was saying to to Neil um, in the uh, when we did the recording after the Watford game, immediately after the game, how marked the improvement is in Billy. Um, I wonder whether it's being around better players. He's around some real quality players now. In ZN, you know, all joking aside, um, and he is adding layers to his game that weren't maybe as apparent as younger. Um, but there was a tendency to kind of uh, square passing, you know, kind of crab style passing. But now he's looking yeah. the part defensively and, and offensively as well, so to speak. And I think he's a real prospect for us. And of course, he's Millwall through and through, Charlie, isn't he? So mm. I'll make you right. Yeah. It's a good good choice. Um, yeah, and I, I, think, I, I think he's a really uh, standout player. Possibly contender for player of the season. I expect that Zian will be uh, probably uh, nudging in front of him with his, with his ten goals before Christmas. Christmas, 
or just after Christmas now. Um, number 10 on our little list, listeners, is your most hated or disliked. I think hate's a strong word. I'm going to have to change yeah. that. Most disliked opponent. That can be a team or a player. Who, do you, who would you pick out as your most disliked, mate? I can't separate these two. It's Charlton and Palace for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to hate Charlton. I think you can hate Palace. The, prob- I think the problem good. is, <laughs> it is hard to hate them, but we've played them so much recently, like when we were in League One in the Championship, and it's, it, it's just their fans' arrogance that they're always going to beat us. And I don't I don't think they know how long they haven't beat us for, to be honest with you. <laughs> they haven't ever beat Millwall 10, 10 or 11 times in history. You know, I think it's the most one-sided local derby. Um, I haven't got the figures to hand, but... It's something really stupid. Like they've only ever beaten us. It may be eleven occasions in in history since nineteen hundred or something. You know, so it's a very strange local derby, <laughs> the middle Charlton one. Um, I know, but um, I, I, I'd have to say Charlton. I mean, some of the I've never seen us win at the Valley whenever I've gone down there. I remember a game where um, I don't know if you remember it was in League One and Jordan Archer has got the ball. Hmm. He's about to kick it and he's thrown it somewhere and someone's poked it in. And I think the referee felt so sorry for Archer that he gave a foul against him. <laughs> All these moments stand out in my head like, <laughs> we have got a bit lucky against them sometimes. Oh, yeah, no, there have been occasions where you think, you know, I've seen a good few games against Charlton where you think, blimey, we dodged a bullet there, you know, got out of jail, whatever way you want to put it. Um, I, I, th- I think, I suppose the Charlton thing is they they had their little run in the Premier League, didn't they? I think they actually started to believe yeah. Charlie that they were the next. Um, I don't know. Now they could, they, they could look Arsenal in the eye, and you know they they could they could hold court at the top table. And cause I think they sacked Kirbishly for not getting them into Europe. And you think what arrogance that is to think that you're entitled <laughs> to European I mean. football, you know. Uh, Maybe it's that. I don't know. I, don't, I I find myself with Charlton particularly because um, obviously they're in the they're in a plummet at the moment. They're, they're just above relegation in League One. Um, I both want them to get relegated, and I feel sorry for them at the same time. I think it's, it's, <laughs> a very, it's not pity is not a good football emotion, <laughs> is it? Um, whereas no, I can't feel that for Crystal Palace, and, and they were always a team that I was around when I was young. And that's your dad's team, of course. Personal reasons, yeah. <laughs> Whenever we play them, it's always a texting conversation and everything. But I mean, I've not, I've not seen Palace beat us. I mean, I remember we beat them three nil. Jason Punch yeah. scored a hat trick. That's right. Yeah. And then my dad didn't talk to me for about a week. I think he ignored me. <laughs> so I'm just constantly sending Punch's name to him. <laughs> we we lost in the in the FA Cup, didn't we? Was it last season or the season before? I yeah. Remember. Um, but obviously that's a Premier League outfit now, so they, they were able to bring players in that they wouldn't normally um, expect to have. But uh, that record against Palace in recent times has been pretty good. Um, for some reason, we've always managed to raise our game for these local derbies. I think if you're going to be shit, you might as well at least beat your neighbour, mightn't you? You know, there's nothing, else, there's nothing else you can achieve. At least make sure you're in front of Charlton or Palace on the day, at least. Um, good choices, Charlton, Crystal Palace. I, I think I'd have to go with Crystal Palace out of the two, Charlie, personally. Yeah, each to their own. And mm. the last question in our series is to, for you to name your the players that you've seen since 2004, in this case, your best ever Mill 11. So um, you said you had some notes, and I'm hoping that you've got a nice 11 
I wish to choose from. I'll try and write them down as you go through as well to keep track of them. So who would you I have in goal? Who's, who, who's your choice of goalkeeper? So my choice of goalkeeper is Bart. Okay. It was really it was really close with him and Fordy, but I yeah. just think in recent times the saves Bart's made for us has easily gained us an extra twelve, maybe fifteen points a season. Yeah. And I think this season he sort of come off his perch a little bit. I think a bit harshly, to be honest. But um, I mean, George Long's come in, not done much wrong. But I, th- I think for three years, Bart was probably our, he was our best player because he won Player of the Year. So great instinctive goalkeeper. On him, <laughs> he would be with us. Well, I, I had to laugh on on Saturday. I, I can't remember if it was um, might have been Carl or it might have been Max. I think it was Carl. Um, doing the standard thing about praising Jules Long's distribution, just as he put it straight into touch. I think it was like a, a, a kick out from the penalty area. He went straight out, missed missed the man he was aiming at on, on the wing. I suppose it was Danny, and um, it went into touch. So, I, I think this distribution thing is is a bit over over you know over hyped yeah. at times. As a shot stopper, an instinctive shot stopper, which is for me is what a goalkeeper's for. I can't think of many that would beat Bart. Ford, Ford had his had his quirks, uh, but he was a great goalkeeper. But I think Bart is has to beat him. He's certainly one of the greatest ones I've seen in my many many years of following the line. So I, I, I endorse that. Second that emotion there, Charlie. Um, oh, let's go across your back line. Let's, let's have your let's have your full your, your right back or your left back as as a case may be. Who's you got in, the, in your defence? So my right back is Alan Dunn. Danny. <laughs> just plainly because he saw off so many players when they came in. He would always end the season playing. And I, I remember, I think it was under Holloway, we were really struggling. I think Holloway put him centre-back for a little while. And he'd done... I, I think you could be right. Um, he tried it was him every... and Beavers at centre-back for a while. Yeah. And he was he was amazing there as well. And I just thought that epitomises is a middle player. He will just play wherever for the team. It was always I was surprised with Dunn. He got, you're you're right. Um, he was the man they couldn't hang. No matter what happened, that he always got his place back. And it always intrigued me as to um, he seemed to induce a lot of desire to get rid of him from various managers, not just Jacket, others yeah. others too. Um, and I don't know why, because he wasn't that bad a player. And even online, I, I, I used to go on Hoff. And some just didn't like Adam Dunn. <laughs> I thought, I don't know why. He's, not, he's actually, you know, I'm not saying he's um, Roberto Carlos, but he wasn't bad. You know, it was it was a good Millwall fullback, but he just seemed to. No, he was a good player. Inspired antagonism, Charlie, didn't he? It's strange, but anyway, who you got on your left side, mate? So done on the right. Who are you going to have on the left? So my left left back was a bit hard for me because I couldn't really think of any in my time outstanding. Left no. backs, apart from Tony Craig, I'll be honest with you. I think Craig is an outstanding left back, uh, but maybe not in the conventional sense of the word. You know? <laughs> no, but but for for a Millwall team, he, he's an outstanding Millwall left back. <laughs> yeah, it's just like Murray Wallace. You look at Murray Wallace and you think he doesn't look like a left back, but no, he plays really well at left back. So I know he's had a bit of patchy form recently, but. Well, I think our oh, left do. backs don't seem to be the conventional ones. 
I mean, they wouldn't be playing down the den, Charlie, if they didn't have patchy form from time to time. That's part of the <laughs> that's part of the the, the, the the spiel, isn't it? But I had to laugh, and Craig used to inspire this. There was a moment on um, uh, well, day of the week. It's Boxing Day, um, Boxing Day, whatever day of the week that was, listeners. Um, where the, there was a 50-50 ball and the, the Watford player, who must have cost X numbers, millions of pounds, pulled out. He didn't fancy going up against Murray Wallace. And that was exactly the <laughs> the intimidatory quality that made Tony Craig such a great player because uh, opposition players just did not want to tackle with him. Um, and that's an essential part of the middle defence, in my opinion. You've got to be able to impose yourself on the on the opposition, and we, that's what we did so well at, at Vicarage Road. So, um, I think that's a great choice. He's still playing, Craig. I think he passed. Does he pass seven hundred league appearances the other day? I think he's at Crawley. I think still yeah, playing. Crawley, yeah, I can't believe it. Must love the game. I think you got to take your hat off to a player that has that length of career. And he was another one actually. Cause he, he's about three or four spells with me. I think a lot of managers wanted to get rid of Tony Craig as well, and then he would keep coming back. Like a, like a boomerang, you know. Um, so you got two, you got two uh, fullbacks there that managers have consistently tried to get rid of, but failed. So I think that's Not a very good... attacking. <laughs> who are you going to put in the centre? You've got Craig and Dunn. Who are you going in the centre? So my two centre halves are Paul Robinson and Sean Hutchinson. Good choice. No Jake. Now a lot of people put Jake Cooper in there, but mm. the problem with me is I think when Hutchinson plays. We're better. Yeah. And I, I think agree. that's proven this season. When he's not in the team, we don't look the same defensively. I mean, Creswell's a young kid and he's doing all right, but I, th- I think Hutchison just brings that leadership quality and he's a presence and he's an intelligent he's a talker, player, which is what we don't have. Intelligent boy as well. Um, I think he does bring something and he does, he's, he's got a calming influence. I think that Jake gets a bit. Frazzled without Hutch alongside him, I, I think that's that's a that's a great back line. I mean, look at Tony Craig, Paul Robinson, Sean Hutchinson, Alan Dunn, with Bart behind them. Not much will get past that back line, would it? Well, if they did no, get past, not they'd be, assists, they, it doesn't if they did get past, they'd be hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Good midfield, and, and Paul Robinson is a stalwart. I mean, obviously he's coaching now back at the Den, um, which is great to see. He was a committed central defender and um, certainly in great company. I mean, we've had some great central defenders over time, but he was, he was, he was in great company. Yeah. And obviously the screw of that playoff goal at Wembley after uh, finally banishing the Wendy, Wembley hoodoo. Um, let's go to midfield, Charlie. Who are you going to put on the on your wings? Who are you going to have on the wings, first of all? I'm presuming we're going 4-4-2, so, mate. Yeah, 4 4 You're not doing some 4 2 3 one setup. No, I'm sticking to basics, 4-4-2, <laughs> getting the wingers, crossing the balls in. <laughs> so, it might be a bit controversial, but my right winger is James Henry. James Henry? There was what? a period of time when we was in League One and we first come up to the Championship for the first two years, and I thought he was unplayable, Yeah, James Henry. He, he, could, he could cross a ball... I, I, I can't, can't think of a player like him that can cross the ball. The only thing with him, he didn't have pace. But when I used to watch him, I used to think, he, he's going to do something here. He might get an assist. He might win a foul, win a free kick. Score yeah. a free kick. I remember him scoring a few free kicks for us. Um, I would have put Jed in, but I, I, I just preferred James Henry for that League One Championship first period that we had him for. 
I agree. I think he was a great player. I, I, I suppose consistency. I mean, that's a word that we keep bringing up across the Millwall ages, <laughs> lack of. Um, and I suppose that would be the criticism of James. But you're right. He, I think I remember reading that he'd been in England uh, under whatever age group. I don't know. But he, he played for you know England level, a, a certain age group. And I could see why, because... As you say there, I think he had the ingredients. He did have the ability to, to cross a ball. I suppose pace and, and consistency would be the two areas where, you know, that's why he was in League One. But um, I saw him, I went to, Aaron invited me, I think it was an international break game. I went to AFC Wimbledon with Aaron. This would be about a year ago plus. And James Henry was playing with Oxford. It was AFC Wimbledon versus Oxford. And he was still... You still see he had it, but obviously he's, he's, whatever pace he had has gone even further now. But um, yeah. you could still see he had that ability to place the ball. That was always his strongest suit, wasn't it? James Henry. Good choice, mm, mate. Definitely. Good choice. This is always a tough one. Who are you going to have on the left side, mate? Oh, it was a very tough one when I was going yeah. through the names. Um, yeah. But my one is um, Danny Schofield. Schofield, good choice. Yeah, just uh, I know he was, he was a right footer, but I, I, I remember that season we we went up and he was he was immense, taking players on, getting footballs into the box, working hard. And I, I know left midfield's a bit of a problem area for us historically. We might have yeah. a lot of good ones in recent times, but Danny Schofield for me just stands out when I was thinking back. That's a good choice. I mean, it is a difficult position to fill. We've never really had a standout left-sided, left-footed player in in many, many years. It's not an easy position to fill for some reason, but um, I think, I mean, Danny was a 100% um, player for us, and I think that's a good choice. Um, we, we, that's, that's actually, I mean, that, that, that would take you back to the 2010 side, really, wouldn't it, James Henry? I think it was around that, that point. Um, and, and, and Schofield. Who are you going to put in the central midfield in that case then, Charlie? So my two central midfielders are Jimmy Abdu and Sean Williams. Well, it's got to be Sean Williams. Two you? very, very different players. <laughs> yeah, very different. But they would complement each other, wouldn't they? Yeah, I just Jim, I think Jimmy's longevity as well. He was with us for a good few years and he, he, he reminded me a lot of Dunn. A lot of managers would take him out, play a, play a, I don't know, a flair player in there and Jimmy would always end up coming back into the team. Yeah, and he just epitom- he just epitomises Mia Wall to me. Well, he would make. I, I just love Jimmy. I mean, I think we all love Jimmy because we all know his limitations. But he would make an an error or he'd misplace a pass in midfield. But it was that ability to run straight back and try and put it right. And often he would put it right because he'd make the tackle, he'd break the play up. He just kind of given the ball away, he'd break that play up. Yeah, um, and that never say die run to your drop kind of attitude. It's, it was so Millwall. Um, and obviously he was playing until quite recently. He was playing with the Comoros Islands. I think they were in the African Cup finals, that tournament, quite oh, recently. Wow. They didn't do much, but um, at the age of 38, 39, whatever he is, it was great to see. And Sean Williams, we've 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 touched on already. So that's, that's an experienced, um, strong midfield you got there. It's, uh, Danny Schofield, Jimmy Abdu, Sean Williams, and a bit of flair. From the man himself, James Henry, on the wing. Um, who are you going to put in front of them, Charlie? Who are you going to have up front, mate? So the two up front, um, 
the period we was in League One and come up to the Championship, I just felt these two had a partnership that we just haven't replicated since in hmm. Lee Gregory and Steve Morrison. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I, I didn't that. get to see a lot of Neil Harris, to be honest with you, because I was at the tail end of his Millwall career. But yeah, I just yeah. remember that period in League One when we were going up and Morrison and Gregory were just on fire together. You, you knew one of them was going to score in the game before the game even kicked off. Morrison was great because, I mean, when obviously you, you would have missed out on the Neil Harris era, but um, late period Neil Harris had two substitute um pace he was he was a very quick player when he was young we had to substitute that for for guile and nails and experienced and in a similar way morrison when he first came to us from non-league was quite he's quite advanced in his in his in his years but he as he got as he went along he, he became this kind of um he developed this kind of pantomime villain, horrible bastard kind yeah. of persona, didn't he? He's, you know, the, the, he never. No one ever said he didn't smile when he first appeared with us, but they, and he did smile. But he became this kind of professional miserableist, you know, which people seem to love. They love to spark off that kind of thing, and it was just wonderful. And a creator of, of, of chances for Lee Gregory, he was. I think his high point of his career will be with Millwall. I know he came from Halifax, didn't he? And he's gone up to um, he was, was Sheffield Wednesday, Sheffield I think, Wednesday now. at the moment. But um, you know that, as as with so many players, Charlie, um, Mill was their stage, and I think that was always Lee Gregory's stage as well. You know, it was his theatre. Um, and that, 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 you know, it's interesting how some players have high points in their career at Millwall, and others just, as we've said already, just fade. But that's a great front too, Morrison and Gregory. Classic, classic. That's a good side. I like the look of that side. You happy with it? Solid. Yep, <laughs> solid side. I don't think we've conceded a lot of goals. I think um, it'd be fairly a lot of one nils. I think yeah, it might be route one. Um Barton goal, backline Tony Craig, listeners, Paul Robinson, Sean Hutchinson, Alan Dunn. That's an uncompromising backline. Every time I look at that, I think, yeah, that's an uncompromising defence. Then we've got Danny Schofield, Jimmy Abdu, <laughs> Sean Williams. A bit of perceptive passing in midfield, and James Henry for the flair, and then up front, <laughs> the man who never smiled, Steve Morrison, and the professional Northerner himself, Lee Gregory, who we loved at the den. That is a wonderful, wonderful um, eleven that you got there. Did you have any substitutes, or did you have any um, any any near misses? Anyone, anyone, any players that you toyed with? Um, midfield, I had George Savlin for a little bit. Savlin for that first yeah. season back in the Championship. Um, I also had weirdly Liam Trotter <laughs> as well for a period of time. You love when a bizarre choice, you do, Charlie, don't you? <laughs> yeah, he was a good player. Well, well good I, player. I just remember um, he was a good player, but he was very lazy. <laughs> very I lazy, correctly. Um, um, and yeah, no, nothing really. Yeah, I, I had Aidan O'Brien left midfield because I was really struggling to think of someone. Aiden was, was a, done this. Aiden but... was uh, should have gone further in the game, but I, I think he was he just didn't have the um, I don't know what the ingredients to do it. I think that's probably the best way to put it. And, um, Liam Trotter actually is is um, a participant in one of the great YouTube videos. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It'll be a twenty ten game which I was at. We were playing Southampton and we went one nil down in injury time. Have you seen, I don't know if you've seen this YouTube. It's shot from the the away end. Yeah, um, I think I was there for that. It's a great video. Seek it out, listeners. It's it, because we um, 
the the um, Southampton fans go into like, ecstasy when they go one goal ahead. It's deep into injury time, and, um, and Liam Trotter equalises from kickoff straight down the other end, and it's just wonderful. The the the, the sad faces and the kind of um, the reaction of the of the Southampton fans make an all time classic classic Ian YouTube video. Well worth checking out if you if you haven't seen it. Do um, I might even re- repost it tonight after our conversation, Charlie. Um, great eleven, mate. Um, I've really enjoyed talking to you, mate. It's a great, it's a great little um, interview. Thanks for coming on the show, Charlie. No, thanks for having me on. Enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, if you're interested, listeners, in telling me your Millwall story, we'll just share it with the the uh, the, the globe via the internet. So uh, you know, discretion applies. Um, do get in touch with me. Give me a shout on uh, you can Twitter. You can is it hit me up? Is that what the kids say, Charlie? Hit me up on Twitter. <laughs> I think it is. Yeah, I'm not that young. <laughs> you think it is? At Axton Millwall. Send me a message if you want to come <laughs> on and do it. I really enjoyed this. This is Charlie Kelly. Thank you for coming on the show, Charlie. And um, fingers crossed for Thursday night, mate. Let's let's hope we can um, get you an all-time promotion. Uh, that was great stuff, Charlie Kelly. Listed Lion. Thank you for coming on the show, mate. Until the next edition, dear listeners. Thanks for having me. Arrivederci, Millwall. Thanks for coming on, Charlie. Thanks for having me, Nick. Achtung, Millwall. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 